what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Welcome to the True Performance Show by Ziegler. Every positive pursuit in life, every progression of personal development, change is fueled by one thing, inspiration. It's the drive and the hunger that propels every good endeavor. Without it, we merely have a dream, but never actually move. With it, we can actually overcome insurmountable odds to achieve our desires, convictions, and calling. In this show, we come together to drill down into what really makes success tick and how we can apply it to our unique personal and work lives. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and right now we're going to inspire your true performance. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, and I have the True Performance Show, episode 404 for you today. Zig Ziglar brings us a message about faith and why it's statistically proven as an ingredient for success, a main ingredient. It's not a sermon, but it's a commentary on faith. It's something interesting here. Zig talks on the power of faith, period. Now, he was an outspoken Christian. That was his faith. It wasn't his primary platform from the stage necessarily, but he shared his faith as a necessary part of his personal success story, just like sales and motivation and healthy relationships. The Ziegler Company is firmly built on Christianity, Christian values, and belief, and all the key people involved with Ziegler are Christians, myself included. However, a primary reason Zig and the Ziegler message are so widely received is because Zig loved and accepted anyone and everyone equally and respected leaders from very different areas of belief. We had an iTunes review not long ago stating the show had great value, great content, but they wish we wouldn't uh, get into the God talk so much. Then we've received emails from two different people since that review even, disappointed that we had a guest who cited that they were agnostic and, and not Christian, uh, which was actually, that was Simon Sinek, who was the, has the third most watched TED Talk of all time. Interestingly, Tom Ziegler and I just interviewed this a uh, couple days ago, another celebrity that will post in an upcoming show who also said in the show, just mentioned that they were agnostic as we talked about issues of faith. And there have been other big names who, though they didn't come right out and say it, do not share the Christian faith, but are a significant part of uh, of Ziegler or testify to to Zig. One, actually, is, I'm not going to name him, is a primary figure in Zig's upcoming documentary and was the first person the Ziegler family asked to feature in it. Okay, so it's a guy who does not share the Christian faith. But what, So what's my point? Ziegler and this show come from a foundational belief in Jesus Christ, and in that faith, we adhere to the biblical belief that all, all are children of God and have unique gifts and offerings to bring to the table, regardless of their diversity of personal beliefs, whatever they may hold. So there are definitely some people that we do, though, decline for interviews who are too outspoken on specific values and beliefs we, we do believe in uh, that are contrary to what we believe in, uh, or their values are. 
uh, you know, that we don't have on the show. But, you know, with that said, whether Christian or not, we're going to hear from Zig today on how one's faith or lack thereof affects their pers- their personal pursuit of success, but he is not necessarily in this one saying, not even though he may believe it, uh, and, and I may believe it, but he's not saying it has to be Christian faith. This is talking about the aspect, the reality of faith in something bigger and greater than us. Today's show is brought to you in part by Design Crowd. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-U-W-D dot com. Design Crowd is a website that helps entrepreneurs and small businesses outsource or crowdsource custom graphic, logo, and web design from designers around the world. Design Crowd has more than 500,000 designers from over 100 countries ready to help you with any creative and design projects you might have. Check out Design Crowd. Again, that's D E S I G N C R O W D.com to learn more and get started or designcrowd.com slash Ziggler for a special VIP offer for our listeners. Okay, friends, well, here is 14 min- almost 14 minutes of Zig from his Strategies for Success Blueprint for Achievement. That's an audio that you can get at Ziggler.com, and we're going to hear from him now. Listen in, and then we'll break it down. When you look at your wheel of life, The wheel of life itself involves all of these things, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, your personal, your family, and your business. And yes, we do talk about the spiritual. There are a lot of people who say, well, now, we don't talk about that. You might not, but I do. (laughs) And I'll tell you why I do. First of all, you are going to be dead much longer than you're going to be alive. (laughs) We need to set some really long-term goals, okay? And then there's a second thing. I believe in uh, being absolutely realistic. I know uh, this study was done by the Heritage Foundation. It was reported in the Dallas Morning News, February 12, 1996. And I'm here to tell you that your faith is your greatest hope builder of all. Here's what they found. Now, if they go to worship service, they did the study. And this is true whether you attend the mosque, the temple, the synagogue, or the church. Now, I'm a born-again Christian. But people who go to worship service regularly recognize they don't have all the answers. But they recognize that there might be someone who does. I know a lot of people say, I don't go to church because there ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites down there. And, you know, I've never said this, but I've been so tempted sometimes. Friend, don't let that stop you. Come on down. We got room for one more. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, you know what a hypocrite is. That's the fellow that gripes and complains about the sex, nudity, and violence on his VCR. Now, that is a hypocrite. Now... Folks who go to church, here's, here's what the records show, and there's a lot more I could say. But uh, regular worship service reduces suicide, drug and alcohol abuse, crime, out of wedlock births, divorce, far happier and healthier people go, lower rate of depression, higher self-esteem, longer and happier marriages. And you can't believe what they put in the Dallas Morning News, but it's right there. Better sex. I mean, it's, it's there. I, I mean, it, it, it ain't a bad deal, folks. It really, it really. 
really ain't. And, and there's, I can understand, uh, you know, I know at our church, admission is free, and I understand that's fairly well standard. But listen to, <laughs> li- listen to something else here. Uh, these people also, if they go as families, they earn $37,000 a year. Those that worship, and those that don't earn twenty-four thousand dollars a year that's thirteen thousand dollars a year that's eleven hundred bucks a month for going to church i mean it ain't a bad deal that's uh that's all i'm saying but but who qualifies for the success we're talking about well let me tell you about a lady i I used to put on the cookware demonstrations you know the waterless cookware and the hostess invites all the folks in and uh uh, after several years of it i got semi-smart meaning i hired some help uh you know I ran an ad in the paper in Columbia, South Carolina, that I wanted somebody, and, and it was one of those high-tech jobs. I wanted somebody to do the cooking, wash the dishes, clean the kitchen, and help serve the meal. Well, a young lady named Jerry Arrowwood applied for the job. Now, Jerry was helping support her three daughters at that point by taking in uh, sewing and by baking cakes. Does that tell you anything about her personality? In the interview, uh, it was obvious she was very quiet. She was very shy. And when I told her what I wanted her to do, she said, well, Zig, I would love to have that job because you don't need me until four o'clock in the afternoon. I can do my other things then and I sure could use the money. And I'll be honest, I don't really mind. As a matter of fact, I love to cook. And she said, I don't even mind washing dishes and serving, but said, you got to promise me that you will never call on me to put on or participate in the demonstration. In other words, I'll do all the work, you do all the talking. Well, I thought her terms were fairly harsh, uh, <laughs> but being the uh, compassionate, understanding uh, man that I am, I agreed to her conditions. And the first couple of months, it worked wonderfully well. I mean, it really did. And then one night, my mouth overloaded my back. Anybody here ever have that happen to you? Yeah. I made some promises that I wasn't going to be able to keep. I promised to deliver the six sets of cookware I'd sold that night, the next day, and teach the folks how to use them. Well, I'd forgotten that I had already made some uh, commitments that came in front of that one. So uh, when it was all over, I said to Jerry, I, I said, Jerry... I'm in trouble. need some help. She said, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to deliver these six sets of cookware and teach these people how to use it on their own stove. Now, most of you who will ever see this won't understand my next statement. But sheer terror appeared in her eyes. She got nervous. She said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I said, you can't do what, Jerry? She said, I can't deliver that cookware and teach those people how to use it on their own stoves. I said, Jerry, every night for the last two months, that's what you've been doing. She said, yeah, but you're always around, and if I foul up, you'll bail me out. I just can't do it. Boy, I tell you, I was in a spot. Fortunately, we had about a 30-mile drive back to her home. She must have been thinking all the way home, you know. And finally, and she denies this part of it to this day. And we talked to her fairly often. She denies shaking her finger in my face. But I remember it. She said, all right. She said, I know you stuck your neck out. And if you don't get that merchandise delivered, it's going to hurt your business around here. So I'll do it. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever do this again, it's going to be your neck and not mine. (laughs) She said, I won't sleep a wink tonight. And I know I won't. And I'll probably foul up everything. Well, I don't know if she slept that night or not. I know I didn't. (laughs) Next night, about 930, I got one of the most exciting telephone calls I've ever gotten in my life. It took me 30 minutes to get that introvert off the telephone. (laughs) 
She gave me a step-by-step, word-by-word, procedure-by-procedure description of everything that happened. She said, Zig, when I got to the first house, they had coffee and dessert waiting on me. We had a wonderful visit. They told me how personable and professional I was. They invited me to come back later, bring my girls, and they said, we'll cook the meal. Three people had coffee and dessert waiting on her, and she gave me the whole story there. I got to tell you something, folks. It didn't happen that week, that month, or that year. But less than five years later, Jerry Arrowwood was the vice president in charge of sales training of a multi-million dollar cosmetic company. What happens? To this day, I regret not keeping the name and address of that couple, that first couple, who had given her those words of encouragement. Professional, personable. She had never seen that picture of her. She started learning and growing. She developed a keen sense of humor. Now, i got to point something out. I'm absolutely certain that on the way home that night, she wasn't thinking, you know, Zig has been telling me that I can have everything in life I want if I just help enough other people get what I want. And I want to be the vice president in charge of sales for a multi-million dollar cosmetic company. And if I deliver these six sets of cookware, that's what's going to happen. (laughs) Obviously, that's insanity, is it not? Today, Jerry and her husband, Bob Valverding, are in San Rafael, California. They manufacture cosmetics for private label companies that want a superior product with their own label on it. Folks, it ain't where you start that counts. It's where you go. I believe that inside of every human being, there is incredible potential. And that potential, ladies and gentlemen, can be brought out. I keep talking about what hope and encouragement means. I keep talking about Automobile University. Several years ago, we had four couples who came to our Born to Win seminar. The first night, they went out to dinner. Now, one of the things we do uh, as to get people involved and to teach them to become encouragers, because when you encourage, you are encouraged. We have this little thing called I like because and when they're around the table and anybody says something that has value to it and this happens so much then the other people around say I like Bill Jones because and they put some specific observable behavior. Well the average person leaves there with 20 or 30 of those and they cling to them forever and ever. Well those four couples were so excited about that they went to one of Dallas's most expensive restaurants. They hit the jackpot with the waiter. He was magnificent. He'd been there 25 years. He was there when he was needed, but he did not join the party. He was friendly, but not familiar. When they needed something, he appeared miraculously, and then he disappeared. He increased their enjoyment of the meal substantially. When they left, they left him, each one of them, An I like because slip. They also gave him a 25% tip. Now, one person eating in that restaurant, leaving a 25% tip, that's a lot of money, okay? And six of them, I mean, four of them did that. They walked out the front door. They'd gone about 100 feet when they heard a voice from the rear calling and said, folks, wait a minute, wait just a minute. He ran up and he had those eight slips of paper in his hand. And he said, I've been a waiter over 25 years. And in 25 years, 
This is the first time something like this has ever happened to me. It's the most meaningful experience of my life as a waiter. Then he broke down and started to weep. He said, I will never forget tonight. I can't thank you enough. And he turned and walked away. I've speculated a lot of times. Wouldn't you have loved to have been at the next table that waiter served? Wouldn't you have loved to have been there? Ah, a word of encouragement that they gave to him, inspired him. But the next day when those eight people came walking in to born to win, I'm telling you, we had to first reach up to the ceiling and pull them down. I mean, they were higher than a kite. They were so excited they bought a case of I like because pads. They said they were going to saturate the world. Okay. Now, the waiter received considerable benefit. I think you'll agree with that. But the eight people received even bigger benefits. There's nothing on earth quite like encouraging someone else or teaching someone else or inspiring someone else and them to get excited about it and do something with their life. You talk to my friend D.W. Rutledge very long and he'll start telling you not what he did, not what uh, the school did, but what those kids do when they get out of school. There's nothing quite like it, folks. And when I keep talking about these things, it is simply because I know that when things like that happen, the benefits are so long-reaching. They go and they go and they go. Hope, encouragement makes such a difference. Back in 1983, 1981, at a sales seminar, a young man sat there listening and got excited. He said, I talk too fast. And he said, I I couldn't keep up with all the ideas you were giving me about sales. He he said, "I, I was about ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to give up. And he said after each break, it's one of those all-day seminars, and he said after each break, I'd go back to your product table and I would just stand there and drool over what, uh, you know, what you were, were saying. And, oh, I wanted to settle those tapes so bad, but they cost $100. And I only had $100 left on my credit card. And he said I, at every break, I'd go back there and I'd drool. And finally, he said, I realized that uh, I could take that $100. And if you had anything on those tapes that I could just listen to over and over, he said, no telling what would happen. He said, I bought them. The young man and his wife and his partner and his wife, his name is Brian Belanger. That's French in case you didn't catch it there. <laughs> and his partner, Roy Cernick. Just a couple of years after he started this, formed their own company with their wives. Today they have 62 offices, 752 staff members, 156,000 clients, $4 billion under management, and the employees started a charitable foundation four years ago, and each year they have contributed $150,000 to that foundation. You see, folks, what you do can make an incredible difference. A word of encouragement, a word of hope can do it. Well, Zig leads right off in that message saying the wheel of life involves these things. Number one, physical and mental and spiritual, personal, family, business. Those are six spots there, six areas of life. 
And many leaders today, and we've talked about it in this show multiple times with different interview guests, will say that balance is a myth. The concept that we have of balance is a myth. And they're referring to having these perfect days of utopian balance. And I would agree. I found that success, significant success in any one area comes from laser focus and attention that pushes out other things for a time. And that's the point there. When we have laser focus in one area of our life for a long period of time, we do it at the detriment of other things that ultimately will atrophy and die off. And we see that a lot of time. Oh, that guy, yeah, he made a million bucks, but he uh, got divorced and abandoned his family and yada, yada. Obviously that's not what we're talking about, but having laser focus and attention that pushes things out for a time. Think of it as cycles. I personally love seasons, the weather seasons. And and with all due respect to Southern Californians, I lived and schooled there as a kid in Southern California and grew very bored with from, from my, my perspective as a kid was there's no weather here. Uh, meaning there was no change in the weather. Now, again, some people adore that nothing wrong with that. It just is not my personal liking. I like spring and then I like spring to end. I like summer and I like summer to end. I like fall, love fall, and I love winter, but I want them to end and I look forward to that next season and enjoy them fully. Uh, but I don't, I don't want any of them to last forever. I like seasons where I'm creating and building and then seasons of, of refining, sometimes seasons of just maintaining. Uh, and that's not my favorite one, but uh, I've also come to expect seasons of trial. But back to these areas that Zig mentions. Over the weeks and months and years, how are we doing in these six areas? One, physical. Two, mental. Three, spiritual. Four, personal. Five, family. Six, business. How are we doing? It's a great quarterly or semi-annual exercise to get real and just rate how we are doing. And again, folks, this is one of those things that we lay out there that uh, people will often nod to. Yeah, that would be great, but, but we don't do it. Give it 15 minutes. 15 minutes right now, pen, paper, keyboard, and your computer, uh, and give it 15 minutes. Write these things down and just kind of rate. You could do a handful of things. Rate it 1 to 10. How am I doing in this area? That'd be a great place to start. Just 1 to, one, one to 10. How, how are you doing? And then if you take just a, a minute more, list out a couple areas uh, or a couple things in each area of, gosh, I'm doing well in, uh, number one, physical. I'm doing well. Uh, here's a couple bullet points. And then I'm not doing so well because whatever, uh, you know, I, I, I'm 20 pounds overweight. I am, I, I get, I get, uh, worn out coming up the stairs. I have aches and pains. I'm yada, yada. Just list out again, pros and cons, good and bad in each area. Significant thing to do. I, I did this literally as I worked on this show and I have acts, aspects of success in all, uh, of those areas, but there are some where I have some, some things that are not good that are lagging. Uh, I'm at a place in all admission where I'm not taking much time for me personally. I mean, investing a lot in other areas and other people, but I've let this one fall. So I'm out of balance. It's not sustainable. The deficit will manifest itself at some point. So I need to get that on the table and look at that and decide what am I going to do? How long am I going to let that go on? Or am I going to start making some daily deposits in there? Or do I need to take a significant time and let go of something else for a little bit? And give that big focus. That's been a hard thing for me throughout my time as a parent where I would not let family go. 
Uh, no, no, re- I did that for a long time. I, no matter what, no matter where anything else is fault is, is faltering. I am not going to take away time from my family. And I actually found that, you know what, they can handle that. And there's some benefit. Think about it financially. There was a time when I was at such a low point financially, I'd had a business go under. And, uh, there was a time when my wife literally, she said, you know what, the best thing for your family right now would not be you taking time with the, the little kids right now to go play, but would be go make some money and provide for us. It's stressing our family and it is manifesting in ways that is hurting the family. It was hard for me to hear, but she was right. And we did have a significant time where I backed off of my normal family engagement and I went and I built some other work things and provided. And then I came back and I found out, you know what? My family's really resilient. It was uh, a significant thing to go create a, a, uh, an opportunity and create revenue for my family uh, and uh, a, a not have as much involvement with them. But then when it was over, they were resilient and boom, we had, now I had time with them and we had money. I think it's really great to look at these areas of life annually. And if any are significantly ignored for, I really think a year, they will atrophy. And it's very difficult to resurrect to a decent degree of health. If anybody's ever had a significant physical injury and your muscles have atrophied to get them back to where they was is very hard. It's much easier to you know keep them uh, with little deposits here and there, consistent deposits to keep them healthy and well. We don't want to let things atrophy. Uh, so this and this causes a, a lot of times with when you do that, when you let something atrophy to a point, it will often cause you just to abandon it. That's too much work to get it back, and we see this often where very physically fit people who don't address the mental aspect of their health and just don't ever, don't ever get back there. Very spiritual people who don't address the business and work and financial side of their lives. Wealthy people who have let their wellness go to complete pot. Uh, it's all very unattractive to say, gosh, yeah, would you be happy to be a millionaire and yet have horrific physical health? Most of us would say, no. And you can take that to all those areas. But again, looking at those six areas. So again, my counsel, write the six areas down, list out the good and the bad that come to mind and just be aware of them to start with. Be cognizant of it. Then decide how important is it for you to pursue overall success? Or do you need to admit that there's an area that you're not willing or desiring to succeed in? Uh, that could be eye-opening and convicting as well. But I think it's good to uh, you know call a spade a spade and get things on the table. I want to thank a sponsor of today's show, Earth Class Mail. They move your snail mail to the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7, and they integrate with the tools and services you use every day. It's crazy that we moved everything we do for business over to the digital world, but we still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. In my rural area, in the high mountains of Colorado, we don't even have personal mailboxes. We pick ours up. It's about four miles away from our house. 95% of it's, it's junk. We immediately throw away. And I, I always am amazed that this still happens in today's day and age with earth class mail. Uh, you can get all your mail scanned and accessible online 24 seven. You can search your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks, and really just make running your business and life a whole lot easier. You also get a 
real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, investors, or friends. And you'll never need to worry about someone showing up at your front door if you run your business from home. Earth's Class Mail is a great solution that's perfect for businesses and independent entrepreneurs of all types. So visit earthclassmail.com slash Ziggler. You get your first month of service free when you sign up. Again, that's earthclassmail.com slash Ziggler. Well, Zig says, faith is your greatest hope builder of all. That's an interesting statement. If we have no hope in our lives, no expectation for achieving anything more, then we're submitting to just going through the motions of life, which nobody listening here right now wants to do. That's like cruise control, boredom. And again, atrophy, the word I like. Hope is vital to our existence and to a successful existence of fulfillment and and purpose and true joy. We have to have hope. So if Zig says faith is the greatest builder of hope, we need to take that captive. I mean, I dwelled on this as I worked on this show and it really rings true as I thought through it. I mean, let's turn the question upside down. Can you have hope without faith? I mean, hope is belief and expectation in something that does not yet exist. So if I hope to get a better job, but don't really have any faith that there are any opportunities out there available. Or I don't have faith in my own ability to go pursue and actually uh, achieve them, succeed. Then, then there's no hope. So breaking it down like that, we could recraft Zig's statement from, this is what he said, faith is your greatest hope builder to without faith, hope cannot exist. And again, we're not citing faith in a specific thing. We aren't saying Christianity or science or karma or the government or unicorns. We're saying faith as defined by a belief and expectation in something bigger than the raw material of ourselves and our lives, uh, or even faith in us to a degree. I mean, Zig calls us to that so much. Do we have faith? Do we have belief in ourselves? And he would say that in addition or in, in union with his faith in Jesus Christ, that it is through Jesus that he does have faith in himself. How could we not if we are a child of God? So again, where your faith is, that's one issue, but do you have faith? Without faith, it is impossible to have hope. So I think it's just really interesting. If you're struggling with hope, let's take a let's take that seriously into consideration. The best inspiration and motivation in the world can't do a thing for your hope if at the core you don't have hope faith. So that's what I'm going to leave this, this piece right here, uh, right now. Is there an area of yourself or your life where you need to admit you've lost faith? And then of course, how can you have hope when you've lost faith? You may have want and desire and even get excited from time to time, but when it flat comes out, comes down to it, if you were hooked up to a polygraph machine and were asked a question, the truth would come out that you have an area where you no longer have faith. I would say that is where you need to dwell first and foremost. No amount of step-by-step counsel to achieve whatever or to do whatever, uh, to pursue whatever is going to matter if you don't have hope and you can't have hope if you do not have a foundation of faith uh, in yourself and something bigger and that it can actually happen and manifest something that does not exist today. Well, Zig tells the story of the lady 
who worked for him, the introvert who didn't want to stand before people and how she then grew to have significant success doing just that. And he said, I believe that inside every human being, there is incredible potential and that potential can be brought out. So I'm simply going to lay out a question and a statement laid at your feet for you to ponder. First, do you believe there is incredible potential inside of you? Do you really? For real, face to face with yourself in the mirror, back to Zig's self-talk cards, uh, driving alone in the car, on, on a run or at the gym, at home, when you're by yourself, do you believe there is incredible potential inside of you? If not, you're stuck and you need to, again, go back to faith. You must have it in yourself. You must have some self-confidence, whether it's by your own ability or something you believe in, someone you believe in uh, through you. Do you have faith in yourself? Do you really believe there is incredible potential in yourself? Because that's necessary for the next statement to happen. This is number two. Zig said the potential. Well, let me read it again. I believe that inside every human being, there is incredible potential and that potential can be brought out. That's my point here to focus on that. That potential can be brought out. He didn't say it will come out. It can, I can get fitter. But it won't simply happen. It's not happenstance or coincidence. Have you ever seen someone that you haven't seen in a long time and they're substantially slimmer, lost a whole bunch of weight, or now they've got rippling muscles, uh, or they did a marathon in under four hours, and you say, oh my goodness, what, what happened? What did you do? And they replied, goodness, gosh, I, I don't know nothing. I, I don't know. It just kind of happened. Well, we would say that's ludicrous. Uh, they can only achieve that if they did something significant, a daily deposit, a daily habit. Uh, that So again, that potential that exists in you can be brought out if you do the work to get it out. We did a show recently. It was, again, talking about faith, and it was talk, looking in on those biblical statements that are if statements. They're mostly if statements. Statements. This is the ultimate point of this true performance show to get inspired enough to do the things that we need to do in order to make the positive progress and succeed. So again, one more time on that statement, Zig says, I believe that inside every human being, there is incredible potential and that potential can be brought out. That's why we're all here today. That's why we're listening. That's why we're focusing on personal development and inspiring our true performance. We are trying like mad to get ourselves to understand what we need to do and then to actually do it. Otherwise, we're all here getting some good positive entertainment, and uh, that's not what we're here for. For those who would like some encouragement in their lives, let's look at Ziggs, the, the next thing that he says. Do you know all the good things about you? Zig told the story of the people who attended a Born to Win event that he hosted and the exercise that they all did of, I like blank because blank. And they went around the table. You heard the story. I like blank because blank. Do you know what the things are in you that other people like? I thought about this and I'd like to think that I'm pretty well uh, that, that I know the good things that my friends and family and partners and coworkers would say about me. But as I kept thinking about it, I, you know, I'm not sure, especially as I thought about what I would say about some of the people in my life. I think I could come up with, or I think I would come up with, authentically come up with some things that might surprise them and be pretty impacting. I was thinking about people and I want to do this specifically in my family, my wife and my kids to say, I like you because of whatever. 
And, and if that's the case, if I think I would surprise them, I thought, well, I bet I would be surprised a bit and incredibly impacted if other people shared what it is they like about me. So could you ask five people, could we, me too, to write down at least one? It doesn't have to be a daunting thing. Just, hey, what's one thing? If you had the statement, I like your name because blank. Ask them to do one. It'd be great if they would do more. And it may seem uncomfortable to do this, to ask this of people. But hey, anything worth doing is, is uncomfortable often, right? No pain, no gain. It's not a cliche. I think it's a, it's a reality in most ways. I, I'm going to lay that out for you and for me. And for those of you who would do this, ask one people, ask one people, one person, ask five people and ask them to say one thing, ask them to write down five things, whatever it was. I like blank because blank. I like you because blank. I'd love to hear any of the outcomes. You guys are so gracious and often posting testimonials of trying things like this uh, on in, in the iTunes reviews. That would be great. Of course, the reviews help us to be seen by more folks, but uh, it's, it's a great way for me to hear from you. I'd love to see your outcomes that you tried it. Say, so, yeah, I ask X amount of people, what do they like about me? And here's what I heard. And here's what it made me experience. Here's what I felt. And here's how I'm walking forward in a better way because of it. Love to hear that. If you go to iTunes and give a review, let us know about that. Uh, Well, folks, that was a powerful message from Zig. Thanks for walking through it with me and affording me the time to dig into a message like these and these principles of true performance. I always feel like I'm the greatest beneficiary as I get to dwell and study on these. And that's the last thing that I'll leave you with, that these messages, when you hear something, if you heard something in today's message, a specific point, a specific value, a principle, a perspective in this show, and I would ask it if you listen to other podcasts and you heard it there, if you're reading a book right now, don't just listen to it, study it, study it. I have a book that I'm going to be sharing as we interview the authors uh, in the coming months that I am, I can't get through the book because I, it's so rich. I'm studying it because it's something that I need to not just hear. I need to apply it to my life because I want the change. I want the benefit that it lays out for me. Here is to you and your true performance. Talk with you in the next show. Mm-hmm.